0: What is going on, Panthers Nation? Carolina Dad here. I am back with your 2023 season recap for the Carolina Panthers. Coming into this, as I was planning out this episode, I was like, do I want to do a five-minute episode? Do I want to do an episode tied directly to Bryce Young and look at his stats? I said, no, you know what? I think we deserve to do a full breakdown of this entire season Take a look at where things went wrong, where things we thought were going to go well did not. And let's talk about it. Let's put it behind us and get ready for the offseason as we look to hire a new coach and a new GM for the Carolina Panthers. Let's jump right in, folks. Almost a year ago to the date was the date that we announced that Frank Reich was the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And to put it in perspective, I believe the date was January 26th. If I remember going back and looking at some of my notes, I think I started this podcast mid to late February. So he had already been hired. I started to talk about it. So to be honest, like going through the interview cycle last year, I was not really in tune with who we were talking to. But I see Frank's name pop up and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe this will work out. Maybe we found a coach, even though he got ran away in Indianapolis and things didn't work out well, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. And that's exactly what I did. And I think that's what a lot of fans did. And talks started to heat up. So we go through who's the quarterback we're going to take. And this is when we had the ninth pick. Who's our guy? Are we even going to have a quarterback around? Are we going to be stuck with a Will Levis, with an Anthony Richardson? All these quarterbacks are going to be off the board. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, is C.J. Stroud going to fall? Panthers, pull. Pull a move, man. Do something that shocks the entire world. I remember making like my first little short video about this when the Panthers traded up for the number one overall pick, and they sent a haul to the Chicago Bears. We go through this process of like, is it going to be Bryce? Is it going to be CJ? They had some fans that wanted Anthony Richardson. Will Levis, the mayonnaise in your coffee guy, much lower on the list. But it was a three-quarterback, primarily two-quarterback debate for months and months and months. And I know fans in the CJ camp are probably cheering. Well, maybe you're not cheering because you're just so mad that we didn't get him and you look at the success that he had. But I think, as I've said on multiple occasions, we got to give Bryce at least another year, maybe even two years to truly see what, what he's going to be and who he can become with a competent offensive line and receiving core and coaching staff around him. That's a lot of ter- turmoil to go through. Talk about you know coaching in, in a second, but we've got the trade-up, sets the tone. We are all in, pushing our chips all in. We get into free agency, start to have a few pretty big acquisitions. DJ Chark thinks going to be, Know pretty good for us. Adam Thielen, you get Hayden Hurst, Shai Tuttle, Miles Sanders, Von Bell, and I'm not going to name every single player that we acquired, but you start getting those pieces in there. Then we get into the draft. We draft Bryce Young, number one overall. Number one, he's our guy. What are you going to do to build around him? Well, we're going to go out and we're going to get Jonathan Mingo in the second round, get some. Protection on the offensive line with Chandler Zavala. Then we're going to trade up way too early for DJ Johnson. And I think that's part of the demise of Scott Fitter and why he's not here. Very questionable moves. But all through OTAs and mini camp and training camp, we hear clips and articles of Bryce Young's a point guard. You just need to drop in a quarterback to this roster. We got better in every aspect of this team, like across the board. This is coming from Scott Fitter's mouth, bits and pieces from Tepper, and oh my, how did that eat us up? How did it eat us up? And I can't really talk about the trade to the Bears without mentioning that you bring in your rookie quarterback and you get rid of DJ Moore, who had one of the best years yet for the Chicago Bears. We really didn't miss a lot when you talk about folks that left the team, Sam Darnold, Deontay Foreman, probably the biggest one. But a lot of the guys that were gone, Matt Ionidas, Corey Littleton, didn't really see a lot of, out of them this year when I mean, you looked at the free agents that left the team or that we did not re-sign. We go through training camp. I go to training camp, spend, I don't know, three or four pra- go to three or four practices, back together, fan fest, all those things. And I feel very good coming into this. I will say I was worried about the size of Bryce Young from the day that I saw him when he walked out onto the field. And I saw... This small little quarterback and I'm like, "Holy crap, when you see him compared to the other guys on the roster, you're like, "Whoa, he is small." Goes through training camp, get into the preseason and we start to, you know, see him take some hits, we start to see, "Hey, the the balls aren't really getting batted down. Things maybe, maybe this is going to be okay." But this is where it all started. This was the 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 problem for this team. All Dealing with this offense that just never was—it never was anything. We heard about this vanilla approach, and Frank Reich's like, "Don't worry, this is just like vanilla because we're in the preseason. We want you guys to be confused and not know what we're offering and not know what we're putting out there." That's what we heard, you know, through every presser. And we get into the season, started off against the Atlanta Falcons. Things just don't pan out man they just didn't pan out for us you lose that game then you're like okay we're going to come back on monday night football monday night football home game primetime we got primetime football in the carolinas hosting the new orleans saints and we just couldn't just couldn't pull it off and we couldn't pull off a lot of things this year started out and 6 worst start since 1998 and that really did set the tone it, it set the tone. We go into the bye week. Then we start getting into conversations around, okay, who's going to be the play caller? Is Thomas Brown going to take over play calling? What's not working? Why are we throwing 50 bubble screens or 50 screens and tight end screens? It was tough, man. Started out, again, 0-6, Falcons, Saints, Seattle, and I should mention, we go from the New Orleans game where Bryce gets hurt at some point. Nobody ever knows when. He doesn't know when. It's the world's biggest mystery of when Bryce Young actually got hurt in that game. You <laughs> have people trying to point on film, like, was it here? Was it here? I don't know. Frank's like, I don't know when he got hurt. <laughs> it's the funniest storyline of the year. Andy Dalton goes in, looks pretty good, but then comes out, you know, everyone knew Andy coming into this, and that was one of the names I didn't mention I talked about free agent signings. He was coming here to be the veteran presence to help lead whoever the quarterback was going to be for the Carolina Panthers. Go into the bye week. Hey, Thomas Brown, you're going to take over the play calling. What a great storyline. Thomas Brown coming in. Wins. We beat the Houston Texans, the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud game, the game that everyone had circled on their calendar. Yeah, we're a terrible team, but we beat a team that's now in the playoffs going into the divisional round. Getting out of wild card weekend, and we beat CJ Stroud head to head. Game winning drive by Bryce Young. At this point, and I should have said at the beginning, like I predicted 10 and 7. We were 0 and 6. And now you're 1 and 6. I didn't think we were making a run, but you did want to see some form of progress happening. You have all these games circled. Go out to Indianapolis, not out to, but Indy comes into town. That's the Frank Wright revenge game. Couldn't pull it off. Couldn't pull it off. Pick six, pick six. Bryce Young, terrible day. Then we're kind of getting these like, oh, is Frank Reich going to take take over the play calling again? It's just kind of back and forth. We go to Chicago. We lose 16 to 13 to a backup quarterback. Another game yet circled on your calendar because of the trade up and we lose falling to one in eight. And then it's like, okay, well, you know what? Actually, after further conversation, Frank's like, "I am gonna take take over the play calling again." Oof, and that was it, folks. I said all along, if you and I don't know this would if this is true, but I felt like if he had just let it ride, said, "Here you go, Th- Thomas Brown, you are the play caller. You're gonna take over, and you're gonna take this and run with it." I think there would have been a little more patience. Although we, it's it's hard to use the word patience when talking about Tepper and who he is and what he, you know, how he runs the show. We follow that up with a loss to the Cowboys, and then it was Frank Reich's last game coaching the Tennessee Titans, a game where we should've won. We should've won, a a lot of these were close games, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that in a second with the, the scoring, but it was a closer game. Bryce Young checks into the screen at the end of the game, and that's all she wrote, folks. That is all she wrote. It was the F word heard around the world when Tepper storms out of the locker room, really ticked off, and we're like, oh, something's going down. Something's going down. Sure enough, Frank gets relieved of his duties. First time in back-to-back season a coach has been fired. First time a coach has been fired. Mid-season and back-to-back seasons, just terrible all, all the way around. Frank's happily living in retirement with his $60 million, whatever he got out of this contract, and I'm sure he's doing fine. We go out to Tampa Bay. Tough conditions, battle, lose again. Face New Orleans at New Orleans. Didn't really look like a football team. Loss. Come back to the Atlanta Falcons game where it's cold, rainy. I think we had ten thousand people there. If we're if we're being honest, win nine to seven, knocked the the Falcons almost out of the playoffs at that point. With you know, there's three games to go, but it, it felt like, oh yeah, we're really pushing them to the edge of not being able to make the playoffs. Good old Green Bay, Christmas Eve game. Bryce Young comes out, has his best game yet, hits 300 yards, best passer rating, best QBR, most passing yards in a game. DJ Chart comes alive. We're like, oh, this team's going to be something. They lose right at the end. And you're thinking, okay, we lost, but there's a lot of positive momentum that is coming out of this situation. and We're starting to see an offense that's pretty dang good. Can we carry that over into another week? It sure as crap, we can't. Get shut out for the first time since 2002, losing to Jacksonville 26 to zero. Tampa Bay closing out the season, not a playoff game for us, but a playoff game for Tampa to play into to win the division. If we knock them off, hey, that's some something to hold your hat on going into the, the off season. I know it's only two wins, going could be three. But you take that. You take that and you build off of it. And sure as crap, that didn't happen. Panthers lay another goose egg. Another goose egg. Second one of the season, folks. Back-to-back weeks. And then the days lingered and Scott Fitter was fired. That was your season in a nutshell. You didn't miss much if you didn't tune in. I told folks if you wanted to check out early, check out early. Go spend time with your family, friends, all that Watch some other football teams that are more competitive than who and what we are. That's where this team landed. It wasn't great. 13.9 points per game. That's how much the offense averaged. Second worst in Panthers history. The defense didn't do so well, but that can be attributed to some uh, defensive scores by other teams. Pick sixes, fumble. Fumble. Bad field position, put them you know, off of turnovers. We gave up 24.5 points per game, which is 29th in the league. Rushing attack was a little bit better. 104 yards per game, which was 20th. Passing yards, as far as our offense, 32nd in the league, giving up or, or putting together 190 yards per game. Defense, though. Defense was the kind of shining star out of this entire situation, if you want to call it that. I think we ended, and I just had it pulled up, and then I I pulled it back. Ended around fourth in the league in total yards given up on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, here we go. Fourth in total yards. Rushing defense wasn't fantastic. Neither was the passing defense to, to be exact. I should take that back. Passing defense was much better, much, much better than, than the offensive side of the ball. Passing defense was number one in the league, giving up 3,100 passing yards, which is even less than what Bryce was throwing for. I think I did the math and it was like 180 yards per a game. So if you can build off of that, that's like I'm trying to find things to build off of. Like just small tidbits, and that's that's something right there. You have the number one passing defense, number four in total yards. Can we fix something on the offensive side of the ball? Just give us a few more points. I'm going to talk about how close some of these games were. Panthers were in 12 out of 17 games. So People think, oh, you have worst record in the league. You win two games. You're not in any of the games. It's not competitive. They were tied or down by one score going into the fourth quarter in 12 out of 17 games. So it's like it was there. The team just couldn't close it out. They couldn't close out a lot of things. They were also the first, one of the first teams, I think the first team to never hold a lead in the fourth quarter. They never held a lead because both of their kicks occurred as time expired. Two game-winning drives by Bryce Young. Two game-winning drives walk off field goals and we never lead in the fourth quarter. Such a weird season. Such a weird season. Let's talk about the stat line. I expected more from Bryce, but once we got into the season, it's like, okay, this this is not gonna gonna shape up well for for him. And it's not on him primarily. There's some things he needs to work on footwork. But I think we just got to build around him. Give him an opportunity. 2,877 passing yards, 5.5 yards per pass, averaged 179 yards per game, 11 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Oh yeah, tied the Panthers record for most times sacked in a season at 62, and I believe he was like the second or third rookie all time as far as sacks in a season. 73.7 passer rating. Chuba Hubbard was your... Leading rusher, 902 yards, so 98 short of a thousand. I think if he had been involved more earlier, involved earlier in the season a little bit more, he would have eclipsed that, but he didn't. 902 yards, 3.8 per carry, about 53 yards per game. Again, he wasn't involved as much earlier in the season in five touchdowns. Miles Sanders, disappointing year, 432 yards rushing. 3.3 3.3 yards per carry and one touchdown. Bryce was your third leading rusher. 253 yards. He did lead all rookie quarterbacks with 253 yards. I mean, there weren't that many, but there were, you know, comparing him and CJ Stroud at least. So he, he did lead in that category. Not many other rushing stats to talk through. Adam Thielen. What do you hear for Adam, man? Hats off to Adam Thielen. 103 receptions. 1014 yards, four touchdowns. We would have liked to have more, but he was Mr. reliable and he was the safety net, safety blanket that Bryce Young needed. A lot of frustration boiling over for him, but I do hope to have him back next year. I Think he's a good asset to pair along. You know, he's the, he's a slot receiver, but if you pair him with the Z and or the X, I think there is an opportunity for that. Jonathan Mingo, again, season ended early. Played 15 games, 418 yards, which I about thirteenth as far as rookie receivers. Not not any Puka numbers close to that, but 43 receptions, no touchdowns. Chuba Hubbard was your third leading receiver. Two hundred should say this is for receptions. Let me sort this back out. Yeah, I skipped over. So Chuba was your fourth. Sorry, two hundred and thirty-three yards. DJ Chark was your Second leading receiver, 524, five, hundred and twenty-five yards, five touchdowns. Pretty big uh contributions uh from Amir Smith Marset at the end of the season, but Tommy Trimble, Hayden Hurst, Terrace Marshall, who just became non existent. And I don't expect him back next year. For his own, like for him, he's just gonna, like, give me out of here. Give me a fresh start. Frankie Luva was your leading tackler, 125 combined tackles. Ten for loss, five and a half sacks. Derek Brown, monster year. Set the record for defensive linemen. Tackles 103. Seven tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception. Just a monster stat year. Then, uh, then behind that, you have Von Bell and Xavier Woods. Dante Jackson, Camus. Not a big year for Brian Burns. Finished with eight tackles. Did lead the team. 16 tackles for loss. I think he wants to be here next year. Not much more you can say, folks. So hopping over before I jump into some advanced passing stats to close this out. Just some other random stats that I pulled over the course of, you know, the last week or two as the season ended. This was not, so this was at the end of the season. doesn't take into account playoff football. But CJ Stroud finished with four, so just four more completions than Bryce Young. But he threw for over 1,200 more yards. If that doesn't tell you about the weapons that C.J. Stroud has around him, I mean, even looking back at the wild card game, he throws a tight end screen. I Guess it was a screen. It was really a delayed release that was like a five yard route that goes 70 yards. He throws the ball five yards. Tight end converts that into 70 yards. Those are the things that this team needs. We need receivers that can get yards after catch that can help out this quarterback and this offense. Here's your other your other uh, in more detail. As I was talking about the Panthers being 12 out of 17 games, if you go back and kind of track this, Falcons, we were tied going into the fourth. Saints, we were down seven first game. Vikings, we were down eight. Texans, we were down one. Bears, we were down six, Titans down seven, Cowboys down seven, Buccaneers down four, Saints down eight, Falcons down four, Packers down seven, battled back, and then Buccaneers down six. Honestly, the, the Dolphins, we were down t- two touchdowns, Seahawks nine, The only and Colts down 10. The only real blowouts were the Lions and the Jags, and the Jags, we just didn't score. Lions, Lions got up on us early, took advantage of that, and made the most of it. I talked about Derrick Brown's monster gear, 103 tackles, 54th in the entire league. The next closest defensive lineman was Harrison Phillips and Max Crosby. They had 92 and 90 tackles, 92 and 90 tackles respectively, ranked 75th and 76th in the league. More fun stats. Hey, Panthers scored two offensive touchdowns over 19 yards this entire season. So it, I can't. On the flip side, opponents scored eight. And if you want to look at the full breakdown of scoring this year, Panthers scored 23 total touchdowns the entire year. Two of those were pick sixes. One of them was a punt return. Seven rushing touchdowns, 13 passing. Our opponents scored 49 touchdowns. Double d- double plus 3. Three pick sixes, two fumble returns, 25 rushing, 16 passing. So coming into next year, ball security for Bryce Young. Being smarter with the football and just to, let's get receivers that are competent and line around him and see what we got. Like I said, this is a small window. You've really got like a one to two year window for this next head coach before he decides, OK, this is not working out with Bryce. We need to go out there and get another quarterback. Again, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying you got to start building that through in your head to keep tabs on everything that's happening here. And I should plug this, you know, you can see all these stats that I'm that I'm going through, I post them directly on X. I've got so many more, too many more to even go through right now. Even this one right here highlighting some of the picks that have been taken with pick 33, which is the pick we have over the course of the last eight years. And I'll get into that when we get into a deeper draft breakdown. So advanced passing statistics. I really like this. I Hopefully one day we'll have a sponsor stat contributor. But for today, I like pro football reference a lot when it's free and you can go out here. So where did we finish? Let's take a look at total passing yards. We looked at Bryce's numbers. He finished 20th in the league in total passing yards. But I like this. Because it does give you some of the more advanced passing stats. Which I like to break down. And I'm actually going to cycle through to accuracy. Batted balls. Coming into the season, we were all worried. At least the media. A few of us were worried about Bryce Young and batted balls. He did not lead the league in batted balls. He was actually way down here towards the bottom. Tied for 30th with 6th. Oops, sorry. Scroll it if if you're watching. Baker Mayfield had 20. Sam Howell, another guy, about six foot, all or maybe six one, had 20 as well. One thing that Bryce did struggle with is throwaways. He loved to throw the ball away, which is fine because it's not a turnover. He was all about throwing that thing away, whether it was dirting it into the ground or throwing it out of bounds. He was head and shoulders above the entire league with 46. Throwaways. And this was only in 16 games. Remy didn't play one. Next closest was Jalen Hurts with 35 and Sim Howell with 32. Number of wide receiver drops. We talk about these receivers. Patrick Mahomes, 39 drops by his receivers. Bryce Young was 12th in the league with 23. Next is bad throws or poor throws. And I think kind of a mixture of this are some of these tightly contested balls or Bryce throwing it at the feet. Either way, he was second in the league with 103. Trevor Lawrence led the league with 104. But estimations say that percentage-wise, Bryce did lead it at 21.5% and percent of his throws being bad throws. 19.9% for CJ Stroud right below that. Looking at on target percentage for Bryce Young, I think it's down in the 70s, 73.3%. Pressure. So we talk all about pressure. Bryce Young's getting pressured. We know he's getting sacked. Pocket time. Pocket time in the league. Right now it's ranked ninth for Bryce at 2.5 seconds. So I, like I said, he's going to have to figure something out. I think that figuring something out really is going to be tied to receivers that can get open and that a lot of time. When you look at him being ranked ninth as far as time in the pocket and Fields is is first at 2.8, you've got to see some improvement heading into next year. He was blitzed. If we can pull this back up, 166 times, which ranked ninth. Hurried 38 times, which ranked 13th. Hit. Go back 50 times. So you combine all that together about, and he ranked third in the league with just total pressure, which is about 24.2%. Not the most pressure or no most pressurized quarterback. I mean, you have Zach Wilson on here, Will Levis, some guys that didn't play the full season, Jake Browning. He was closer to the top of the league, though. Then, lastly, let's take a look. We already looked at sacks again. He was three sacks shy being the most sacked quarterback this entire season and head and shoulders above <laughs> the other guys on this list. Play types. So, this is a breakdown of the play types that we ran. We talked and complained and all that fun stuff about the play calling that's here and the lack of just production. RPOs. How many RPOs did the Panthers run, or at least Bryce Young run this year? We were 20th with 31. On those RPOs, we gained a total of 149 yards. 145 of that was passing Four of those through rushing, so not, not a lot of production. Play-action pass, again, similar boat. Ran 81 play-action passes this year. 589 yards off of that. Comparing that to Jared Goff, the Ben Johnson offense, 151 attempts, 1,400 passing yards. To Tua Tuataka Vailoa, 126 attempts. Again, Frank Smith, 1,145 passing yards. Geno Smith of Seattle, Jordan Love, Dak Prescott, Desmond Ritter, rounding it out. That's all she wrote, folks. That is all she wrote. And I'm glad to close the book. And I guess before I close the book, let me go back one quick second here. See if I can pull this up. Yeah. Closing this out before I truly close it out. I'm gonna give out awards. I'm not gonna do the fun music and the, the all the stuff that comes with that. But I am giving out two growls, one roar for the entire season. And for those who are brand new to the show, I do this during the season after every game, usually going to players. One thing that I skipped over talking about Jacksonville was the the, the water throwing of Tepper. Oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, that game, we gave it to the fans and it was just a fun, and the guy that recorded that. So anyways, this week, this season, I should say, I'm going to give out. The first roar to Frankie Louvu. Hats off to Frankie Luvu. I hope we get him back in the Carolinas. He had a monster season. Continues to outperform his contract, and I hope we can lock him up for another two or three years because he is just an impact player. And if we can get some other good linebackers around him, or at least one or two around him, I think he'll shine even more. My second roar is going to go to Adam Thielen. Thought about Chuba. Thought about Bryce. I don't think Bryce did enough, although. You know, I'd say Bryce would be an honorable mention, just going through everything that he had to go through. Losing your coach, changing between play callers, having all the voices in your head, as they like to say, because there were voices all in his head all season. And so that leaves the roar, which is going to Derek Brown. Hats off to Derek Brown. Monster season. We got to talk about locking people up. We did get his fifth-year option picked up. but At the same time, we need him here long-term, so hopefully we'll get something worked out with him. The GM has a lot of work ahead of him. But truly, closing this out, it was quite a disappointing year. And I think it had a lot to do with just very high expectations, thinking that we were going to turn this around in a weak division. You worry as you look around the division, well, the Falcons have a head head coach opening. Are they going to get some stability there and or a quarterback? Are they going to get a Justin Fields, a Dak Prescott, a Russell Wilson, someone that can plug in with all the weapons that they have, and a new coach and elevate themselves a notch above everyone else in our division? Are the saints are going to figure it out? Saints continued to be competitive year in and year out. Tampa Bay, who we thought was just left to die, seems to find ways to win. And so even though people want to say like, yeah, this is a weak division and I'm, it is a weaker division. The Panthers have to start making progress forward and winning some ball games. You know, it was insane to think about, watching Detroit win, one, getting in the playoffs for the first time in 30 years. I sat here and I was like, can you imagine if I had or we had to wait another 30 years? I mean, we're, what, six years into this now? I was like, man, I'll be doing this show and uh, my kids will maybe be having kids by then. And like, holy crap, is this going to be worth it? I think at that point, hopefully this thing expands. I'm doing a lot more than just talking about the Panthers. I'm all joking aside, but I just thought about the Lions fans and what they've had to endure. And a guy joked on X that if we had to wait that long, he doesn't know if he would be alive by the time that the Panthers made it. But it's true, man. 30 years and then they finally win. It's been, what, 31 since they won. It's mind blowing. You hope that we don't go in that bucket. But all signs have pointed to us trending that way. I'm not saying we're going there. But you have to start seeing some form of, of, of football. And when we talk about playoff football, I don't even know if it's necessarily that the Panthers are in the playoffs and we're winning playoff games. I think it's that in December, well, November, December, we're playing to get, even early January, playing to get into the playoffs because that's where we want to be, in a spot to make the playoffs. That's it. Just be in competition so that at the end of the season, these things matter and we have a chance to win and, and win football. All right, folks, what an episode. That is going to do it for the 2023 season. We're into 2024 now, and I'm I'm glad to have that done because now we get to talk all about GM, coaching, free agency, drafts, and start to climb the the stairs, the ladder of progression into optimism, whatever we want this thing to be. All right, y'all, that's Carolina Dad. Y'all have a good one. See ya.